All right, welcome, welcome in to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. This is episode 101. We have a great show for you today. First and foremost, we have reports from around the realm, and then we are switching gears to redraft. What? Redraft? I know. We're going to be doing a redraft mock, full point PPR 12 teams. It's that time of year. Every year we like to do one episode redraft based. So our listeners out there can get a little bit a uh, little bit of antiquated with the big picks for this upcoming season. Uh, we're going to do seven round mock draft full PPR with the three monarchs. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. We have a great jersey giveaway over there. Garrett Wilson signed jersey on our Twitter for free. Follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. Let's go. Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts. Here we go. Episode 101 of the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. Whoever you may be, however you may be listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, welcome, welcome in. Another week, inching closer to football. Max and Super Producer holding it down in Cleveland. I am in New Jersey. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Doing really good, Pete. It is uh, torrentially raining right now, and I love the rain, but I'm excited to talk fantasy football. Max, are you like a like a need rain sound person to go to sleep? Yeah, I have a sound machine that I sleep with every single night. Um, it's the ocean, so it's amazing. Thrilling, Mr. C. Hey, man. Locked and loaded. Let's go, man. We're past the century mark at this point. Got the Garrett Wilson jersey giveaway live. Football is a week closer. It's crazy. After we put out the next episode, episode 102, we will be coming to you with a week one episode, which is pretty uh, pretty special, man. I, I just can't wait to get these week one bets rolling, start to make some last-minute trades in a lot of these leagues I'm in, and uh, set some lineups, man. That's crazy. The last-minute trades... Last minute trades are crazy right before the season starts. Um, and we know a lot of you out there at home are going to be doing your redraft leagues this week. So we wanted to shift the focus off of Dynasty to redraft for this particular week. We're going to be doing a redraft mock draft, uh, 12 team full PPR redraft mock, as well as our usual reports, et cetera. I'm sure Max is going to have a trade for one of us at some point during the episode today. But before we get into the episode, something I did want to mention, baseball season appears to be winding down. The Yankees are terrible. Nine-game losing streak. Max, Max, you said that the Yankees were due. I want to give everyone in here uh, a little bit of a handicap on picking the World Series. I know we said it at the start of the season, back in in March, who was going to win it all. Who do we got winning it at this point at the end of August? I am taking my team. I'm taking the Braves. They are insane. They're like a cheat code. I don't think I've ever seen a baseball team like them. I'm going Braves. They can hit one to eight. It's crazy. Mr. C. All right. I don't know. I mean, I'm so – I'm pretty tuned out to baseball, but I'll just pick the Astros. Why not? I feel like they're probably not the best team, but 
I feel like they're going to find a way to cheat again or do some funny business when the playoffs roll around. So it's never a bad bet to bet on the Astros uh, as of late. I myself, I want to say the Yankees, but I just, I can't do it to I can't do it to myself. I want to say the Padres. That's another team I just can't do it to myself. Um, so when I really look at everything, I think the Rangers are a sneaky team. They're really good. They score a bajillion runs and they can pitch. That AL West is going to be so hard to win. Uh, but my bet is on the Rangers, and I can't even imagine how good they would be if the Grom was still pitching and didn't like blow his arm out at the start of the year. So I'm going to pick the Rangers. Max goes with the Braves and super producer is going with the Astros. Let's get into this episode. All right. First up reports from around the realm. Uh, the big one, super producer, this is your guy. So I'll let you talk about him. JT, Jonathan Taylor, former fantasy darling, is the number one overall running back. Uh, I'd love to hear the the parameters of the trade between you and Max again. But Jonathan Taylor, uh, the short of it is Jonathan Taylor is requesting a trade. Teams allowing him to explore options until next Tuesday to find a partner. I'm hearing buzz about the Eagles. I've heard that as well, Pete. That would be exciting, man. But as far as the trade you're talking about, I don't talk about that trade anymore because... It's a suppressed memory at this point for me, but this is going to be an interesting one, man, because if you're Indianapolis, I feel like, I guess you don't have to trade him, but if you're Ursay, you're looking at a dude who's totally discontent being in your locker room. He probably won't end up playing this season. Even like if Indianapolis does not trade him, I don't see a way that he's going to suit up for the Colts this season. Uh, maybe just because he wants to accrue another year onto, you know, his NFL tenureship, but I think it's going to get spicy, man. I, you know, you said the Eagles, uh, the Dolphins, I've seen have been kind of in be talks, dude. There could be some nasty landing spots where JT goes, and he's probably going to go up in value, honestly, because I mean, obviously. All right, he's at the lowest point he's been in the past since he's entered the league, right? But let's say he was healthy, he's fully healthy, ready to play on Indianapolis. I mean, he could go to a way better offense. Indianapolis is going to be a dumpster fire this year, so it's probably going to be all wheels up for Jonathan Taylor, you know, when he does get traded, and I'm excited to see it, man. But what are you paying for him right now? The fair price is probably two firsts in like a one – quarterback league but you might yeah, be think, able to pay less fair value based on based on scarcity and I, I think like certain owners that have their chips pushed in for this upcoming season they want stability at that running back one position i could see them moving off of him for like a player that's relative like first and a half price like like josh jacobs like i could see an owner going jacobs to jt just for just for the stress of it but even then jacobs Oh, Jacobs is expected to re- be ready for week one. Like, even the Jacobs isn't a safe bet. Like, I, I think that Jacobs is going to be fine and he'll play. But, like, I would rather trade JT for, like, a J.K. Dobbins and, like, a first or something like that rather than Josh Jacobs, personally. So, with this news, like, would you guys be in the market to buy JT? Or let's say you had him on a team. Are you trying to just sell the fact that he's going to get traded 
because I guess that's the hope, right? Anytime anybody's up on the trade block, everyone's like, oh, he's going to go to Kansas City. He's going to go to Miami. He's going to go to Buffalo. He's going to go to these awesome landing spots, right? But realistically, who knows, dude? I mean, they wouldn't trade him in division, but he could go to a gross spot. Let's say Houston. Houston ends up paying up because they think they can play this year, maybe win the division. So are you guys trying to sell this news, try to get out while you can on JT? I feel like I'm falling into the hype of like, oh, he could go to a nasty spot, so I'd be buying. But what what are your guys' thoughts on that? I'm honestly kind of scared. Like, I wish we were recording this a week later. Like, we'll have a lot more clarity next week. But I feel like if that Tuesday deadline passes and he's still on that team, like you guys said, I don't think he's going to play for the Colts. Um, and then you're just kind of left bag holding. So it's like we talk about these windows. We talk about selling and buying at the right times. This is one of them. Um, what would I be doing? I'd probably be selling JT. I probably would not be buying just too much risk. I don't want to pay two first for a guy that might sit out all year. Um, a guy that could go to Houston, a guy that could go and split a backfield somewhere who knows where he could go. There's 31 different teams. So I'm, I'm pretty out on JT, uh, at the price, I guess. Yeah. For me, if you can get him for a first and a half, I'm doing it every day of the weekend, twice on Sunday, that two first echelon like that that two first premiums not in the wheelhouse for me right now and i there's other options out there running back before we move on i do want to ask what does this guy what does this do for Dion jackson evan hall zach moss are you buying them i think this year was going to be a struggle for colts running backs no matter what whether it was jonathan taylor or not anthony richardson's going to take at least 20 percent of that rush i'd Plus, you have the just a guy factor that'll take 20% of those rushing yards away as well. I think none of them are good investments. I'd sell. The second Taylor leaves, I'd sell. Right now, I'd be selling for sure. Any If you had Evan Hall, pick them up super late in rookie drafts. I'm in a startup draft right now, and I was on the clock when uh, this JT news broke, and I picked Evan Hall. Uh, you know, I'm probably should be trying to trade him right now and I probably will be so him Dion Jackson I'm selling them right now selling them to the JT owner selling them to anybody who needs running back get even if it's a couple of third round picks I'd be doing it because there's probably going to be a slim to zero chance that you're ever going to get another window to sell Dion Jackson Evan Hall I mean, another thing, too, with this backfield, they did sign Kenyon Drake this offseason, so he's still just sitting there, too, and he's shown that he's a good back. He's probably, if I had to put a bet on one guy to lead that backfield out of those three guys, it would probably be Kenyon Drake because there's no way Hole is like a fifth-round rookie pick, and I forget what Deion Jackson was, but he didn't look super crazy last year in some playing time, so... I'm selling any of these guys, man. Yeah. I mean, I think if you can get a, like, I've been trying to get a second for Deion Jackson. I haven't been able to do it yet. I feel like when JT leaves, I feel like I could, like a 26 second. I would love that. Um, I think Evan Hall's the guy to own, honestly, there, just because he's 22 years old. He's a rookie. I mean, they're just going to run him into the ground. I can see a scenario where they sign Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt, something like that. But I feel like between Zach Moss, Deion Jackson, Kenyon Drake and Evan Hall, like they have enough running backs to filter in and out. Um, so I don't know. I own them all in Dynasty. So 
should be interesting. Moving forward, Sam Darnold replaces Trey Lance as the number two quarterback in San Francisco. Gentlemen, we know Brock Purdy's the Q1. I feel like at this time, Trey Lance obviously is not a drop candidate in Superflex leagues, but I have no idea what you do if you invested 102 in him a couple years ago. What did the it's like the 49ers real life scenario? They invested 103 in him, and now look at him. Um, it would be pretty crazy to think what the 49ers team could be if they didn't trade all that for him. But honestly, Trey Lance is a screaming buy in Superflex for me right now. His value can only go up, actually. Uh, believe it or not, I think that they will trade him to a team where that I don't know if ex quarterback gets hurt, like Lamar gets hurt, like they'll trade him to there and he'll plug and play and stuff like that. Um, I think he's a really good fantasy player. I don't know how good he is as a real NFL player. Uh, the jury's still out, but I feel like just the rushing upside makes him worth a buy for me. So if you can get him for a second, second and a half, and super flex, sign me up. Yeah, I was thinking about this one all day when I was putting it in the show doc, and I, I'm i right with you, Max. I, I feel like Lance is a buy in Superflex. Just, I'm not saying I love Trey Lance as a prospect coming out, love him. I mean, he hasn't really shown anything in the NFL level. It's just purely that mystery box where, yeah, I'll send three-thirds, a late second, a mid even a mid-second, honestly, because what guy are you going to get next year who's going to have the upside that Lance has, given that, okay, he might have been overdrafted in the real NFL draft, but we don't know what this guy is. I mean, he he could have that crazy upside where, okay, if I give up Marvin Mims for him, I'm not – I mean, and I love Marvin Mims, but I probably wouldn't be – batting an eye at that and i feel like it is team context dependent though too the team i'd be looking to trade for trey lance on is one where i already have like two locked in quarterback slots like let's say i got two top 12 options already and my third one's up in the air i'll spend a little bit whatever it is to get trey lance if he fizzles out then i'll just find another quarterback three but if he hits, he you can just second fl- round pick. Yeah, exactly. So that's where I'm at. PJ, what are you thinking about this whole situation? I think it's so interesting. And about two months ago, we said to invest in Darnold because I, I knew Shanahan wanted Darnold in that 20, I believe it was 2018. He wanted Darnold really badly, and he finally was able to get him. If anybody can be good in the Shanahan system, Sam Darnold will outplay Brock Purdy. I, I can I can guarantee that Darnold gets a chance. Uh, let's say Purdy gets hurt or something like that. Darnold will be the quarterback one. It will not be Purdy any longer. And all it takes is is like a competent quarterback to be pretty good in that system. Sam's got a big arm. I'd rather pay a second for Darnold than a second for Lance. The thing about it is you could probably pay less for Darnold. You probably don't even have to pay a second, man. So you I it probably feeds into your point more if you pay like I was saying two or three thirds get Darnold I do like that Pete all right so moving into this next one Corey Davis just announced his retirement uh, I think on Instagram the Jets have kind of sent their communications as well given him sending him thanks everything like that this really opens up the question 
for the rest of this wide receiver room in New York. You know Garrett Wilson is locked in there. I think this is really obviously going to affect Alan Lazard, Mecole Hardman, Randall Cobb. What are you guys thinking about these other auxiliary pieces? Because honestly, for me, Corey Davis was someone I was slotting in to get a lot more volume than uh, people were expecting. I I thought he's a guy you could get for free that was going to put up maybe some wide receiver three numbers. Uh, But what do you guys think this does for the rest of those guys? Are, Are you excited about anyone in particular in this wide receiver room now? I think the only one that like, I wouldn't even say exciting. It's just Randall Cobb. I feel like he's like Rogers, just like security blanket um, in that green Bay system. I would say, I just don't think Rogers can sustain two wide receivers to be quite frankly, um, yet alone three. So with that being said, like I'm really not excited about all of them, but like if I'm desperate one week, like, yeah, I can see myself playing Randall Cobb, hoping for like a touchdown five catches and 20 yards or something like that. Because that's what a stat line is going to be. He's not going to, or maybe he'll have one that he breaks off or something. Um, but Corey Davis, it's just sad, man. The guy was number five overall pick in the NFL draft. Uh, did never broke a thousand yards. Played for Tennessee. Played for New York. I mean, had seventeen touchdowns in his whole career. So, kind of a sad career. I don't know if I would have called it quits right now. I feel like I would have at least got to like twenty touchdowns. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's just me. I know for a fact that they're going to do something. They're not going to let Alan Lazard be the two in this offense. I think something that's going to happen as the uh, as the NFL league year goes further and further along and the Raiders start sucking and sucking and sucking more, the Devontae rumors are going to get crazy. And they cut uh, cutting and slash retiring Corey Davis gives them $10 million worth of cap space on top of the Rodgers pay cut already of $35 million. Dalvin Cook took eight of that. There's more than enough room for Devontae to come and slide in. I can almost guarantee they'll send like a third round pick over there and go grab him at some point this year. I don't know, man. I mean, you're probably more tapped in for the Jets than I am, Pete. But I just feel like like I, I actually like like the Jets. I like seeing those hard knock clips. I like seeing I like Garrett Wilson. I like all those players, honestly. I just feel like they're setting Jets fans up for like sadness oh a million percent a million percent the hype is just beyond crazy you get cook you get rogers you get lazard you get all these guys and it's just like if they flop holy smokes man what a disappointment yeah i'm just prepared for them not to make the playoffs that'd just be a really disappointment man hey dude i'm in the same boat with the browns too so we can be brothers in arms and teams that miss the playoffs honestly but Dude, as far as you're talking about with the Devontae stuff, I that has to be a real possibility. Another dude as well, I don't know if it's picked up as much hype recently, but I know it was a narrative this offseason was them maybe trying to go get Bakhtiari. I know he's coming off, I think, an injury there. I don't know really if that would make sense given their tackle situation, but I think either way, you know the Jets are going to make a move with this money and it's going to be an interesting one to watch because it's going to bring a lot of eyeballs there in the big apple. Yeah. It's going to be so interesting. There's always space for a good tackle, no matter how many you have on your team. So if the time rolls around and they want to go get him, I'm sure it wouldn't be crazy expensive, uh, especially if the Packers are not playing well, but it's just going to be uh, like a Mike Evans Hopkins 
uh, Devontae Adams type situation with the Jets where they will go get another number one. That's why if I'm a Garrett Wilson holder, I wouldn't hate selling now for the potential to buy back cheaper in the future. Because right now, I feel like it's his peak value, where there's literally no one in town, and Aaron Rodgers are going to throw him the ball exclusively. All right, let's get into our mock draft. All right, everyone, welcome in. We are doing a 12-team full PPR mock draft for redraft. A little bit different for the Dynasty boys here. We're going to stop after the seventh round. After that, we'll give a couple guys that we like targeting late. But without further ado, let's get going. I am going to be in the one spot driving from the seat in which I drafted from earlier this week in the one spot in a redraft league. Max is at the four and super producer. Nixie is at the seven. Let's get this underway. All right. So personally, when I when I get on the board at 101, any league, even though it's full PPR, I don't care if a receiver is the consensus number one guy. I'm going to go with the best available running back as long as that running back has pass catching abilities. CMC is going to tear the cover off the wall this upcoming season. I absolutely love, love, love him at 101. Yeah, CMC is pretty pretty good. Um, if he stays healthy, he'll finish as the number one running back. I do think you need a running back there um, as good as Jefferson is. It's just like you have to wait all the way back till 212, which is 24 picks, and your running back choices are pretty slim back there. So getting CMC is a great way to solidify your team there, Pete. I get it, CMC, man. I You can't really argue either way. I think Jefferson is just a lot more safer especially given cmc's great anytime he's on the field but for the 101 i need a for sure thing and cmc's had some injury problems he's had even him going into san francisco he split work with elijah mitchell a decent amount like so those questions i feel like he's definitely gonna have a great year but i it would be enough to for me to take jefferson but and then maybe get like Jacobs on the back end, but I don't know. And I, I think Kirk Cousins contract year, Justin Jefferson could be like insane. Kirk Cousin contract year. Everyone forgets. All right. Let Mr. Max, let's hear your one Oh four. Sure. So after CMC, it went Justin Jefferson, then Austin Eckler. I'm sitting at one Oh four. Um, it's really only between two options for me here. If Austin Eckler goes, I mean, you're, I'm not going to take Bijan at one Oh four. It's if I want Travis Kelsey and to solidify that tight end position or if I want Jamar Chase. I think I'm fine with T. Higgins a round or two later, honestly. I know I'm not going to get another tight end like Travis Kelsey, so I'm going to take Travis Kelsey here. I'm pretty comfortable with that, just given the numbers he puts up are like a receiver, and I have that positional advantage every single week. Yeah, I can't argue that, man. I Kelsey is a nasty pick, and just because he scores so much, I feel like a lot of people are expecting him to – maybe slow down a little bit this year because of his age, whatever the case is. I mean, he's still going to be the top target on that Mahomes offense. So you can't be mad at just locking that down. I mean, just with, I mean, we talk about it all the time, the tight end, that positional advantage, just that advantage. I mean, that's huge, man. I I don't know. PJ, would you have gone Kelsey there? Uh, I just, I can never, take a tight end that early i know he finishes as like a top 10 receiver every single year just playing receiver 
I, I just can't do the tight end that early. Uh, my P brain forces me to go running back in the first round. And if I'm on the back end, go receiver. Uh, so I just gave away my, my draft secrets, but good for you. I, I just could never do it myself. I don't have the, uh, the, the huevos, like the, the cojones to do that. After Travis Kelsey goes at 104, we have Stefan Diggs and Tyree Kill. Looks like there's a lot of running backs on the board for you, Mr. C. Yeah, this, I don't know. This is where, so we're in sleeper right now doing a mock draft. It has Jamar Chase still on the board, which I it just can't be realistic. So I'm not going to take Jamar Chase here. Obviously, if he falls to pick seven in any redraft draft, you're going to take Jamar Chase. But realistically, I feel like the decision at seven would be around like Cooper Cup, Bijan, or Stefan Diggs. And for me, I don't know. I feel like there's a huge argument to be made for Stefan Diggs here. I think he has that top three upside and you can get him in the mid to late round one, which I feel like is pretty nuts, but I feel like I'll just have to pick Bijan here and just roll with a dude that, you know, everybody loves dynasty RB one, but I, I think he's in for a monster year. And especially with how the running back landscape is this year, uh, he, I feel like he's a safe pick in round one there. We always talk about work. He's going to get the work, but Late in drafts, everyone out there needs to go get Tyler Algier. He is a guy that if he is hanging around in the later parts of your draft, you need to go snag him up. He's an incredible redraft asset if and when Bijan goes down. Oh, he'd be a top. He was more than capable to yeah. put up a thousand yards last year. All right. Let's keep moving forward. After Bijan, we have Jamar Chase, uh, who should be going way earlier. Again, we we mentioned that. Cooper Cup, Saquon, CeeDee Lamb, Devontae Adams, Chubb, Henry, Mahomes, St. Brown, Josh Allen at 2-6. Mr. C is back on the board. Yeah, and I don't know what it is about this sleeper mock, but they're trying to give me the most stacked team of all time. A.J. Brown is still on the board here. That's not realistic in any redraft league. So realistically, this range is going to look like Garrett Wilson, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Waddle, uh, JT, Josh Jacobs, probably. That's probably what most people are seeing. In that range, I would probably, and the guy is still on the board here, but it's going to be Garrett Wilson for me. Like we talked about a little bit earlier, there is no one else in town at the moment. And that's all you can bank on. If they end up trading for Devontae before the season or something, then, you know, egg on everybody's face, really, because I think Garrett Wilson, everybody thinks it, it's going to be that next big year for him. Hopefully we see top five finish, and that's what I think, honestly, will happen. What is a realistic expectation for Garrett Wilson this year? Is top 12 realistic? I believe it is. Yeah definitely realistic with Rodgers but like his cost in dynasty or even redraft it's baked in at like wide receiver four or five right now and that's just too high I feel like like people are treating it like he's already broken out that he's already put up these mega numbers well he did he put up a thousand yards as a rookie okay so did Chris Olave and you can get Olave yeah but Chris Olave doesn't have Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball Aaron Rodgers is a name. He th- he's thrown for over 300 yards four times in the past two years. Like, call me crazy. I'd rather have Olave and something than Garrett Wilson. 
I can get a live and a first for Garrett Wilson, holy cow, I'd smash that. This year, I think top 12 is a lock for him. It just depends on how high you think it is. I think his realistic upside is probably five, like a top five finish. I don't see him going further than that. I mean, I think Tyreek Hill will outpace him and probably chase Jefferson. And there's a good argument for Cup even. So And Diggs. But, and Diggs, man. I mean, there's a lot of... of there's an argument that, for A.J. Brown, too. Right. So I think that's baked into his redraft cost being in, like, the mid-second. Um, but, I, you know, you still take the shot and then hope that some of these older guys, at least for me in this mock, you're hoping that these older guys maybe uh, overstayed their welcome. And uh, we get the new guy that can just break out, get a top five finish. The next generation. All right, super producer grabs Garrett Wilson. After Garrett Wilson, it goes A.J. Brown, Josh Jacobs, and Max is back on the board with 2-9. Yeah, I'm on the board with 2-9. I took Travis Kelsey round one, which I don't have receiver. I don't have running back. My options are Jonathan Taylor. We touched on him in the earlier episode. Jalen Waddle, Tony Pollard, Jalen Hurts, Chris Olave. Honestly, it's pretty crazy. I'm going to go Tony Pollard. I feel like it's a pretty good value for him. I think he, with just the pass catching, no one in Dallas, I think he could have a top 12 season again. He finished with running back eight last season. Now we know Zeke's not re-signing there. I just need a running back. I can't really take Waddle or Hurts or Olave or Higgins or anybody like that. So I like Tony Pollard over Jonathan Taylor for this season. Given everything surrounding Jonathan Taylor, I don't want to swing and miss on this pick here. So Jonathan Taylor, it would have to be like a fourth round pick. He's not going to fall that far for me to touch him. I love this pick, man. I mean, we we were just in a redraft draft uh, last Sunday. And I took Tony Pollard at 2-1, honestly, which, you know, probably a reach. But at the end, you're at those bookends of the draft. You kind of have to reach sometimes. But I think Pollard's a great value to get him kind of at the mid-late second round. I mean, all, everything you said. So he was probably the safest running back on the board and can't argue with that. Yeah, Max, you reach, I teach. Old Chris Smoovism. I think Pollard's a reach there. He just scares me too much for this upcoming season. Uh, I, I don't want any shares of Pollard uh, this upcoming year. Who would you have taken? I probably would have taken a receiver and then just gone zero RB. I would have taken, I wouldn't have minded taking Taylor. He's not going to sit and not play and not get paid millions of dollars. He might though. He's not gonna. And, and like these running backs, we've seen what happens when they hold out. They literally go and earn negative money moving forward. Uh, guys like, uh, Gordon and, and people like that. Like, I just can't see Taylor completely holding out. I would have went T Higgins. I would have went with this guy right here. And this is uh, my whole, you reach. I, I teach right. Jalen Waddle at two twelve, Chris Olave at three, one in a full PPR league with CMC as the RB one. I wish this fell to me the way that it did in our current league uh, where I had the one one I went CMC and I went Jacobs and T. Higgins, I would have cried if I could have gotten Waddle and Olave right where I'm going to get them right now. Yeah, in full point PPR, I mean, these guys are going to catch a lot of passes. They're going to put up a lot of points. 
there's really nothing bad to say about these guys. And I think I like that start probably the best out of all three of ours. And I probably would have taken Waddle and Olave over T Higgins, honestly. I mean, they had T Higgins going a little bit before, and I think that's how it ended up being in our uh, draft on Sunday. But what a start for you, PJ. Yeah, so after I go Waddle and Olave, it swings back around. It goes Andrews, Hurts, and Max. You're back on the board at 3-4. I am. I honestly would have been interested to take Jalen Hurts there. I mean, that would have been a really bold strategy to go tight end and quarterback early. Um, I'm looking at the board. You got Devonta Smith, Ramondre, Najee, DK, Lamar and Burrow, who don't really do it for me right here. And then a guy that I'm going to take, and that's Jameer Gibbs. I was fine not taking running back in the first round because I knew that Jameer Gibbs, Travis Etienne would be down here. I'm going to take Jameer Gibbs. I'm thrilled with him in Detroit. I think in a full point PPR league, he's going to have a mega season. And to have Pollard and Gibbs, both pass catching running backs with a tight end advantage every single week. I love it. And I'll get my wide receivers uh, moving in round four, I guess. Max, quick question, roster construction. To go two RBs in the first three rounds of a full PPR draft, a full PPR league, what is your thoughts behind that? I'm not going like two Derrick Henrys. I'm going two pass catching running backs. Um, so I think that's where like you got to differentiate there. Like Pollard's going to catch those balls. He's going to get three, four catches a game. Gibbs, he's going to be used as a receiver, especially with Jamo out there. So I'm going guys that will get the pass catching work. Okay. Super producer, it moves from Gibbs to Najee Harris, Devonta Smith, and then you're back up on the board at 3-7. I'm in a gross spot here, and I'm looking at Ramondre Stevenson, DK Metcalf, Travis Etienne, Lamar Jackson, Burrow, Brees Hall. So this is a guy I really don't like, but I feel like I have to go Ramondre Stevenson here. And I was really considering Etienne. But it being full PPR, I really think it's still Travis Etienne's going to be hurting to get those receiving touches. And I get Ramondre. Okay, they got Zeke in there. Jace kind of swayed me this past episode on Ramondre's upside for the season. I think he still has decent upside in full PPR. But I'm just going to lock him in here because I don't want to take the risk with Etienne or even with a guy like DK and even though DK, I feel like could be a good value this year. I, I don't know. I, what do you guys think about that pick? Would you've gone a different way than I just went? I maybe would have leaned ETN and then try to get like tank Bigsby later on. Um, just cause like, you know what they'll be. But at the same time, if you didn't go running back there, like you look at how the board board turned out, there's not many running backs. Like I'm excited to see what Peter does on his turn, but there's just not many guys here that I would feel comfortable starting as running back two or even one for some people. Yeah. I think it's super interesting. I I probably would have went with Joe Mixon over Ramondre. And I know that's quote unquote a reach, but I feel like Mixon's being so undervalued in drafts this year, just because of his problems off the field He's been uh, cleared of all charges uh, by the uh, U.S. government officials and, and the the court, I believe. Uh, again, hashtag not a lawyer. But 
he has been able to put up good consistent seasons. Nobody is going to challenge him for snaps there. Uh, and he's getting drafted in the the fourth, late third round. I'd rather have him than Ramondre Stevenson. And, and I could, again, like like Nick C said, I could have egg on my face at the end of the year by saying that, but I would rather take the more known commodity than the guy who's going to be splitting work. No, that's fair. And I there were reports, and, you know, it's still that whole offseason, like what we don't know what's going to happen until these players actually step on the field, right, and we see – how they're going to divvy up the snaps, but reports are that Chris Evans is going to be the third down back. So you're going to have Mixon who didn't look super efficient as a runner this past season. He just got every touch that they could give him. If you take away his receiving work, I mean, what's really Joe Mixon's upside. I feel like that's the only reason why I leaned Ramondre. I do get the appeal being in the top end offense, but I think I'm a little uh, more, scared of mixing this upcoming season all right after Ramondre goes Debo Calvin Ridley Travis Etienne Lamar Jackson DK Metcalf Joe Mixon Keenan Allen Joe Burrow Aaron Jones super producer back on the board at four six what I'm looking at here is Kenneth Walker TJ Hawkinson Amari Cooper Justin Fields George Kittle and Herbert even you know I'm really tempted to go quarterback here. I I was thinking either quarterback or tight end. I am going to go quarterback. I'm going to go with Justin Fields here. And I was really considering either Hawkinson, Amari Cooper, or Justin Fields. And I think Justin Fields rushing upside, especially let's say this league is four-point passing touchdown. I think he could have true QB5, QB3 upside even just with the rushing alone. So I feel like I can snag another tight end or wide receiver later on that can kind of supplant that production that Cooper or Hawkinson would have given me there. Especially in full point, your options are definitely broader when it comes to to later round receivers where you can find a volume guy that might not necessarily get the yardage that you need in half PPR and leagues like that. After fields, it goes Hawkinson, Kittle. Max, you're on the board at 4-9. Tough man. I'm I'm gonna go to draft to mock draft. I think some people could be in this exact same situation. They took Kelsey early. They're looking at a quarterback like Fields, Herbert, Lamar right here in the fourth round. You're like, man, like the upside's crazy. I am gonna go Justin Herbert. He's probably my favorite quarterback this season. Just Kellen Moore, the offense, the weapons, and everything like that. So a lot of what you were thinking, I was thinking, Nick C. It just leaves me with Pollard, Gibbs, Kelsey, and then so I have no wide receivers so far. But I have my quarterback one, a tight end one, and two running backs that I really believe in. So I wanted Herbert, so I'm very upset. Herbert is is destined to have his year. If he doesn't have it this year and he is healthy the entire season, I'm completely off the Herbert bandwagon. I'm complete if it's not this year, I don't know when it will be. Yep. Uh, that's kind of my outlook for Her- Herbert to have that super elite season like he did to his second year. I just can't, I just can't picture him not finishing as a top six quarterback this upcoming season. Yeah, I can't. I think five thousand yards and 40, 50 touchdowns is in the well. Five thousand yards is is a lot of yards, Max. But yeah, a lot a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns. I think more touchdowns than he's used to throwing. Done five thousand yards before, so he has. All right, after Herbert goes, Kenneth Walker, Amari Cooper. I'm on the board, and I get bailed out. 
I currently my team is Christian McCaffrey, Jalen Waddle, Chris Olave, and I'm going to draft. And my first pick is going to be Miles Sanders. Everyone knows how much I love Miles Sanders. We've I've been talking about him for a while, especially for a one year rental uh, in a redraft league. He's going to get the work and is a consummate value here at the four or five turn. I can't believe he actually lasted this long. I know in a lot of home leagues in your uh, work leagues, guys in full point PPR are not going to draft receiver as much. Uh, and they're going to draft running back. So a lot of times he's going to be gone even before this point. Uh, but I absolutely love, love, love Miles Sanders here at four. And then after that, I'm either looking wide receiver, tight end, or quarterback. Quarterback is dirty. I wanted Herbert here. Essentially, I think I'm going to just double down on guys that I absolutely love and cannot stop talking about. I'm going to go wide receiver, and I'm going to take DJ Moore. I'm going to push tight end and quarterback to be a little bit later. Got some opposite strategies going right now, Pete. I took quarter, quarterback and tight end earlier. You're taking them late. See, I take DJ Moore over over these guys like Terry McLaurin and and DeAndre Hopkins. I just know the upside that DJ Moore has. He reminds me a lot of how Stephon Diggs was kind of valued uh, in that 2020 season when he was just going to Buffalo for the first time. And I know that comparison's been drawn a lot, but fantasy wise, these guys were getting drafted around the same same place as well that four or five turn is where i picked up digs in our dynasty league as well uh he is carbon copy for me like great receiver elite route runner just never had the quarterback to to do anything and i think fields can take that next step this upcoming season dj moore's destined for a top 16 top 12 finish yeah i mean i think this price the price is the same thing with Garrett wilson we talked about i think the price right now for dj moore is baked in there I mean, everyone's viewing him like he's already broken out, like he's already done this stuff. I think it's a great pick. I probably would have picked him there too, Peter. Sanders is tough, though, but like when you look at the running backs and you needed one and there's not really tight end or quarterback, probably go Sanders over J.K. Dobbins, I guess, but I'm just not a Sanders fan, man. All right, let's keep moving forward. After Sanders goes Trevor Lawrence, DeAndre Hopkins, Max, you're on the board at 5'4". I'm on the board, 5'4". I don't have a wide receiver yet. I am going to have to. It's going to be Jerry Judy or London. That's what I know you're looking at. It's either Jerry Judy or running back. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go crazy. This is a mock. I want the listeners to kind of see how I feel. I love Jerry Judy. He's probably one of my favorite wide receivers this year, honestly. Um, I'm going to pass on him, which is kind of surprising. I'm going to go J.K. Dobbings. I think. And go three RB. And go three RB. I think that. You need running backs to win it all. You need that depth of the position. I add J.K. Dobbins, Jameer Gibbs, Tony Pollard. I love those guys, and I'm excited to see their wide receivers in round six and seven. Yeah, you're going to have to go back-to-back receivers in six to seven to try to compete. I'd absolutely love to see if you can hit some diamonds in the rough out there. Dobbins scares me a little bit too much. He didn't put a lot of great tape out there this past season, but who knows? It's the Baltimore offense. They're going to run the SHIT out of the ball. Yeah, this one's tough for me. I don't think I can get behind the Dobbins pick here just because full PPR, the dude does not catch passes, and you already had the two running backs. I see like it's a dude you really believe in, but at the end of the day, I feel like you got to go receiver, but that's why it's a mock, right? That's a mock. It was my draft. I probably wanted to win Jerry Judy, but I wanted to see the three RB and see who gets back in the six seven. All right. After Dobbins goes, Jerry Judy, 
Terry McLaurin and Super Producers up at the 5-7. So there's really only two guys I'm considering here. Um, on the board, I got Damian Pierce, Drake London, Alexander Madison, Christian Watson, Darren Waller. Uh, I'm I'm really between Drake London and Darren Waller here. And the way I look at it, I think I'm going to go Darren Waller. It might be a little bit of a reach, but by the time I make my next pick, there's not going to be many tight ends left on the board. I think Waller has top three upside this season. Just Absolutely. the way all, all the offseason has went, they really didn't add any other receivers in New York there. So I'm just going to lock that in, get my quarterback and tight end and back-to-back picks, and then just kind of take some deeper shots, like I've been saying, on wide receiver and some flex running backs maybe. But Waller Waller has been inching up draft boards like crazy uh, this offseason. I remember I think he was around like a seventh-round pick. Then he got traded. He was in the sixth. Now he's finding his way into the fifth a little bit more. I don't have a problem with the pick at all, especially with how hard it is to come by tight end. I'd rather have Goddard, you know, eight to 10 picks later, but no, no other tight end this late is going to present top three upside like Waller does. It ends up going Drake London, Damian Pierce, Madison, Swift, Pitts, Christian Watson, Dallas Goddard, Chris Godwin, Alvin Kamara and Rashad white. So that brings me back up again, a receiver that I really like fell to me, Brandon Ayuk. So I'm going to end up picking him here. Um, But that's the reason why I reached and went for Waller instead of taking London, because then I would have been looking at London and okay, maybe I get London and Ayuk, but still I'd rather just have Waller there to get that positional advantage when I can just take stabs later on. Max, I feel like it, we talk about Brandon Ayuk enough, so I kind of want to skim over him. Your philosophy would have worked if Ayuk and Mike Williams didn't go. I would have been fine with that as a one-two punch to in the uh, the sixth and seventh round coming up here. But I feel like your your receiving options are extremely limited. Kinda. Um, I'm not a big Mike Will fan at all. I honestly wouldn't have even considered him there. I'm honestly. I mean, it's a full-point PPR league. I'm between a couple guys right now. I'm between Michael Pittman, Tyler Lockett, and Christian Kirk. Christian I, Kirk can have a good year. Mr. C and I have a bet on it. I'm going to go with Michael Pittman. Um, <sighs> yeah, you can scuff at it all you want. He's not going to get the volume. I don't really care. Like, no wonder why you were in the Waffle House last year. The targets he's going to get are insane. Like, I get it, Anthony Richardson, but there's no one else there. And if we're playing full-point PPR, which we are, this guy's going to get five, six catches a game for 70 yards and find a touchdown sometimes. I feel like he's safe, and I feel like my team needs some safety. So I'm going to go Michael Pittman. After Pittman goes, goes Christian Kirk, Tyler Lockett, and I'm on the board here at 6-12. These are going to be my last two picks. So 6-12 and 7-1. Evaluating my team, I need – a tight end and I need a quarterback looking at the quarterbacks available. It's too early to, to really pick any of them that I would really like. So I would essentially hold off. I would look for Deshaun Watson. I think he's going to have a great bounce back year this year, another complete off season to learn the playbook. Uh, So in lieu of taking a quarterback, 
which I'm going to take later. There's a guy here that I think presents some pretty good value. He's not going to finish as a top 12 running back this upcoming season. I think he's going to split too much work, but I think he's almost locked for a top 24 spot. And that's Dalvin cook. He's going to be able to catch the ball, take the work off of Brees hall. And in the late sixth, early seventh to be able to take a player with Dalvin cook's uh, capabilities, sign me up. So he's going to be my first pick. And then my second pick, I want to look at tight end. I think this guy's going to have an absolutely incredible year. He kind of fell under the radar last year for a lot of teams because it was uh, let's make fun of this guy because he couldn't catch a ball on the Giants. Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram has a sneaky chance to finish top six at tight end. If you want to win a championship, that's really all you need. It is true. Evan Ingram is pretty sneaky. I probably would have just went with like another running. I probably would have went like Cam Akers there, Pete, and have like four running backs, three wide receivers, and just punt the tight end position. Um, I feel like that could have been really solid for you. But, I mean, Evan Ingram, I think he's an average tight end. Just with Ridley there, it kind of scares me. All right, after Ingram goes, it goes K-Makers, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. And then after that, Max, this could be your final pick. It's going to be my final pick, and it's pretty unconventional. I've had a pretty unconventional draft, a lot of running backs, quarterback, tight end early. We're playing full point PPR. I'm going to go Deontay Johnson. He had 144 catches last season. He had zero touchdowns. He's one of my guys this year. I think he scores four or five touchdowns, catches the same amount of balls, and I think Kenny Pickett takes that leap. So between Deontay and Pittman, I'm hoping they can just catch a lot of passes to put up stable numbers at the wide receiver position and have my pass-catching running backs carry me with Kelsey and Herbert. I like to pick. Johnson did have a terrible year. His value... It was in the dirt. I wouldn't mind taking him if I was a competitor uh, in Dynasty, but he's definitely undervalued. I'd probably rather have him, like in a, in a nutshell, you tell me a year ago, I'd rather have him than a lot of guys. I'd rather have him than Michael Pittman a year ago. I'd rather have him than Tyler Lockett, uh, all these guys that are going in front of him. Absolutely. I love the value. I think Deontay also has a better year than Hopkins does in Tennessee. Hopkins is not going to have a good year, and you are buying a name in the fifth round with Hopkins. Correct. All right, let's keep moving forward. Mike Evans goes next. Javante Williams and Mr. C, you're on the board for your last pick. So I'm looking down the barrel of Marquise Brown, Isaiah Pacheco, George Pickens, David Montgomery, Jordan Addison, James Cook. Um, For me, honestly – I would have to go David Montgomery here at this point. I'm trying to get some insurance on Ramondre as well uh, with my team. And the only other guy I was considering really was Addison there, but I think I could maybe get somebody like Dotson. Yeah. Like Dotson or Tony, maybe even Brandon cooks with my next pick, but I'll go David Mont. Just hope he falls into the end zone 10 times. I probably would have went James Cook just because I think he's going to be the one there. And I feel like he adds that PPR aspect to things. But David Montgomery's going to get a lot of touchdowns. And I think they use him and Gibbs a lot as well. So we needed a third running back. It's a good pick. After Montgomery goes, it goes Isaiah Pacheco, Marquise Hollywood Brown, George Pickens, Jordan Addison, and Tua Tugavailoa. That's going to wrap up the mock draft. Gentlemen, any closing thoughts? Don't be afraid to get your guy. If you're on the turn there, 
If you're on the turn at one, you're on the turn at 12, you're going to wait a while. You're going to have to reach sometimes. Do not be afraid. Everyone has their guys. You can trade for them later if you want, but go out, get them now, buy the windows. And if you're drafting this weekend, um, before Jonathan Taylor news, or if you get trade or anything, just proceed with caution. Peter doesn't think he'll hold out. I think he could hold out. So just proceed. Be careful. Proceed, Mr. C. The only thing that I have as far as advice goes, just mock draft, man. I, that's the best thing you can do to get ready for these drafts. And especially redraft, that's probably the thing that I'm in the least amount of. I think I'm in two redraft leagues. But I'd venture to say that they're pretty competitive. And I, the, all you can do is just straight up mock draft until you feel comfortable which guys are going to fall to you the next round, things like that, to where you can feel comfortable when maybe you get sniped. You already have maybe two or three guys you like. So that's the biggest thing. Just looking at this, I know that I have not mock drafted enough. So that's my takeaway. I'm definitely going to be ripping some mocks because I got uh, another draft coming up here soon. Yeah, the the most important thing, just like Mr. C said, practice makes perfect. So just get as many of them in as possible uh, in your in your time. Even if you're, you know, you got to go to the office, you know, take a little bit of a longer poop break, grab a quick mock in, do what you got to do to get the mocks in. Uh, The reps are what matter. We want to thank everyone for making it to the end. Go follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. We are giving away a free F-R-E-E, that spells free, Garrett Wilson, signed Garrett Wilson jersey. We're going to be giving it away on 9-11 for that Monday night football game, Jets versus Bills. We're going to be drawing the winner at halftime. Go over there on Twitter. All you need to do is subscribe. Subscribe to us, follow us over on Twitter, and retweet the post. Max, do you have any extra entries? Well, you can leave us a review on Apple Pod, Spotify, wherever you do. Leave a five-star review. Whatever you think this pod is worthy of. Um, and then I will leave an Easter egg, actually. So I'll jump in. I, this is just spur-of-the-moment Easter egg. I'm cutting Max off here, so I do apologize. This is one that you can't boot up the Google machine to search. If you want, let's say, six extra entries send us a picture of the two colleges that collectively all three of us went to and graduated they have been mentioned on the pod they have been mentioned on the pod you can't google search it up and i'm going to scrub it from my bio so you won't be able to find mine you guys won't know your max and peters unless you know and you've been listening so that's six extra entries if you can send us Two pictures of those university logos. I love that. Uh, you know, I'm going to raise it. 10 extra entries if you can do it. I'm going to raise it. 20 extra. Yeah? I feel like not a lot of people know. I keep I keep the, the college pretty private. Super Producer's a little bit more boisterous about his. Super Producer's is pretty easy. Ours is pretty tough. Uh, I just I know there's some people that went to college with us that can get them both. So I think let's settle in the middle for a 15. 15 extra entries if you know both colleges. Follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. Go DM us over there. Those two college logos, you can do the two mascots. Whatever you'd like, just a way that you know what universities the three of us attended. 
All right. Thank you all for making it to the end. Episode 102 next week. And then, believe it or not, episode 103, I believe, is going to be the start of the season. Our week one preview. Giving me goosebumps already. Thanks for making it to the end, everyone. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens. <laughs>